Welcome to Champions Mojo Weekly Podcast with your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker, where you'll hear authentic, entertaining stories, tips, lessons, and wisdom from champions to inspire, motivate, and educate you. You'll get the tools you need for becoming a true champion in your own life. And now, your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to our Champions Mojo Podcast, where I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria, how are you doing today? Doing great. Really looking forward to chatting with you today, Kelly. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited that our topic uh, today is confidence. So we know whatever we do in life, you've got to have confidence. It's a. It's just. It may be. The, it may be the first thing in mindset. So mindset, confidence, confidence, mindset. We're here to talk about that. And uh, and then. You know, in our last podcast, we talked about mojo and actually the word confidence is in the definition of mojo. It's kind of a personal charisma and confidence is your mojo part of it. So, um, Maria, what are your thoughts on confidence? Again, love the word confidence. I think I had for many years sort of a bad uh, connotation with the word. Like I thought it was the opposite of humility and it's not. You can be both humble and confident. Growing up, I think humility was a very important value that my parents instilled in us. And and as I have, again, talked with Kelly over the years, we've sort of talked about what's what's real humility and 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 what's false humility. And uh, you can be both confident and humble. And I think one of my favorite quotes about confidence came, I think, Kelly, from your kitchen wall. Your mom probably had it up there. Um, but anyway, it's it's from Eleanor Roosevelt. At least it's attributed to her. It's, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You're able to say to yourself, I have lived through this. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. So out of all those things she lists, strength, courage, and confidence, I think I have gained confidence by doing the things that I think I cannot do in part. Did that uh, come from your house, Kelly? Yeah, I I do remember that in our house. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I attribute it, in my mind, that's your mom. Kelly lost her mom this year, this past year. It's been almost a year. She's an incredibly strong and beautiful woman. And when I think of this quote, I don't think of Eleanor Roosevelt. I think of Norma Parker. <laughs> so, um, she is a beautiful. She was a, a, a courageous and confident and strong woman. But when I think of uh, confidence, I, I I like to divide confidence into two aspects. What I think of in my mind as forward confidence and backward confidence. So. For me, forward confidence is preparation. It's like when you approach something that you're a little bit afraid of or that seems scary or hard, you can get into it with confidence if you have done all your preparation, if you've done everything that you know to do, if you've Googled it, if you've practiced it, if whatever, you know, if you've done your repeats in the pool or if you've done your repeats on the bike or if you've, you've run, run your repeats on the track. So if you, if you land at the starting line of whatever it is, and I don't mean just athletic events, having knowing that you have done 
what you were supposed to do as much as you were able, then you have that. I think of that as forward confidence. And then backward confidence is to me is looking back at what you have already accomplished in your life and gaining, gaining a sense of surety in yourself. Well, I got through that. That's sort of more from the Eleanor Roosevelt quote, but I got through, if I, if I did that, then I can do this. I think lots of times ambitious people or diligent people forget to look back. I call it looking back at your pile. They forget to look back at the things that they've done. So backward confidence to me is saying, well, you know, I did that and I did that. Even if it's something little, like for instance, if, you know, if you're on a diet or something, you know, and you can think to yourself, well, I didn't, yesterday I didn't eat McDonald's French fries or whatever. You can, you can, you can sort of look back and say, yeah, I did that and I did that. And if you do that, 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 that gives you confidence in, in the going forward to, okay, if I did that, I can do this. If I, if I was uh, able to get through that last hard repeat, then I can do the next hard repeat. I think about this all the time. Sometimes I go out on my bike and it, I don't usually start a bike ride when it's pouring down the rain and freezing, but sometimes when I'm out on a bike ride, the rain comes and it's freezing and I am miserable, <laughs> but there's no option, but to re, you know, to continue until I get home. And, but if I'm in a, an, an event and the rain comes, I can remember that time when in, in practice I did that. So that's, that's backward confidence. And I think, uh, one, uh, maybe a third aspect is keeping your internal critic contained during your, your performance, during doing whatever you're doing. Cause some of us, again, ambitious people, we can have a very harsh voice in our head and this, we learned this in counseling school. This, this critic can be telling you, you know, you're, you're a loser, you're a failure, you, you know, you're bad, you're fat, you're, you're short, you're, you're mean, you're whatever it is. <laughs> and, and so <laughs> for me, I, I struggle in, in inter, interpersonal things with being critical. Uh, and, and I'm critical to the people I love and I'm also critical to myself. So uh, I think that if I can keep the internal critic uh, contained during well, all the time, but especially during a performance. Um, and I think, again, I, Kelly and I talked about this. Kelly, I don't know if you remember, but we talked about, I think this is a, a concept they teach us in counseling school that, that we, our brain is a harbor mat, is our brain is the harbor and our control or our, our des, is the harbor master. We can choose what thoughts we allow into our harbor. And so knowing that as I approach uh, some kind of event or performance or something that I want to do, I'm going to say, if those critical thoughts co come, those little critical thought chips come, I'm saying, nope, you're not coming into my harbor. So that's kind of a long and extended <laughs> uh, thing on confidence. What do you think, Kelly? I love the harbor master. You've helped me with that over the years where you just don't let um, thoughts come in. And, and it, it ties in great with what I want to start off the first thing um, in preparing to talk about confidence is it is truly a mindset. It is truly your inner voice. I mean, that is, that's what it's all about. Whether you tell yourself you can do it or you're, you, you can't, it's the truth, right? That's the little quote, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. <laughs> so yeah. your mindset, your self-talk, um, that voice in your head. And 
I have two little stories related to being a swim coach when I was a division one head swimming coach. And it's funny, both of these girls that I'm going to relate to are named Sarah, different um, Sarahs. But um, so I was the women's head swimming coach at the University of South Carolina Gamecocks back in the 90s. And, you know, I was a young coach. It was my first head job. I'd been coaching for five years before that. Um, but this was my first head job. And so I really wanted to, I was a very, um, very passionate recruiter. In fact, I think the five years that I was there, all my recruiting classes were ranked in the top 20 recruiting classes. And we did um, finish in the NCAAs in the top 20, I think all of those five years, but we had some really great recruits come in, but I had this way that I would figure out whether they would be a top swimmer in the NCAA. So we're talking division one NCAA swimming We're we had just moved into the Southeastern conference. So we're in there, this very tough swimming conference with the, at that time, Georgia was um, the women's NCAA overall champions or, you know, Georgia, Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama, you know, everybody knows who's in the Southeastern conference, but really top schools and South Carolina gets moved from the Metro conference, which they dominated the year before I got the head job and we're moved into the, the um, Southeastern Conference where, um, you, you know, you can finish seventh in the Southeastern Conference and you can still finish top 10 in the NCAA, which was how it was back in the 90s. Rearranged a little bit now, but SEC is still a, a really great conference. So I knew in order to compete in that conference, I had to just get the best recruits. And I would just go after the blue chips, the number ones, people that were looking at, you know, Stanford or Georgia or Texas. And I just went after them and I got a few of them, but... Um, the question that I always asked them, so we'd give them the campus tour and do the meals and all that. And then at the end of their um, visit, after we had gotten to know them a little, I would set, um, sit in my office with them and you know, I could just see the little chair where my fluorescent lit office and the Gamecock posters on the wall. And um, I would say, so Sarah, and this was, this was um, one of the questions that I would ask. So I want you to just imagine that you are in the final of the NCAAs. You're at the NCAA championships and there are eight lanes and you know, you're know you in one of those lanes and you're up there getting ready to swim your best event at the NCAAs at the end of next year if you come here. So what is going through your mind? And then I would just be quiet and you would be amazed at the answers that I got out of every recruit that visited. I asked that question and most of them, would give an answer like, oh, well, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I'm going to make NCAAs or, well, I, you know, that's pretty fast or, well, I've never swum at that level before, you know, or just, just like amazing things that they would say to themselves. And then they would kind of realize, oh my gosh, I'm talking to the woman who could give me a full scholarship here or not. But they would be truthful about what was in their mind because it just, I guess the question caught them off guard. And so, one particular um, Sarah said, oh, I'm going to win. Oh, I'm going to kick butt. I am going to just, I'm going to dominate. I, I'm so happy to be there. I'm so excited, coach. I, I want to get there now. <laughs> so um, this particular Sarah came in as one of my first really top athletes. And she was out of a small um you know, not a super small program, but a program in Ohio. And I nicknamed her a funny little small town name. And she came in 
you know, and just really dropped and dropped and dropped and went on to be an NCAA All-American and perform, you know, at the level that she saw herself performing at. So um, I think that kind of self-talk and confidence is what, you know, you've got to have in life to succeed. Certainly in swimming, you need to be standing behind the block saying, I can do this, I'm strong, I'm fit, I'm fast. Um, but I wanted to bring in a little piece of research, which um, I can try to find the, the source of this research, but I'm pretty darn sure that it's, it's more of a general topic of knowledge, is that confidence and self-talk, mental self-talk, often comes in the form of being just neutral, not being, you know, I'm going to win the gold medal in this event and not saying I'm going to get dead last, but somewhere in between. And I call this thinking swimmingly. So swimmingly is a word that I love because of course it incorporates swimming, but swimmingly means it means smoothly, calmly, satisfactorily, kind of just, it's just a nice, like if you think of a a beautiful placid lake, that's just calm, you're not overly, you know, you're not surfing the rad waves and you're not, you know, in a dead, you know, pool of darkness. You're just kind of in a calm place, so swimmingly. So this ties into my other Sarah, who we were doing, and this is prior to the, me being a coach getting this research, so, you know, we would have positive mantras for our swimmers and they would say, you know, they would try to come up with a positive mantra and they had to write three things down that they were going to say to themselves while they were swimming. So my other Sarah who was a 200 butterflyer and the other Sarah was a breaststroker. She says, coach, she had a beautiful 200 butterfly. She swam one of her best times at the conference meet and she got out and she came over and she said, oh my gosh, that was my best third and fourth 50 of my 200 fly ever. And I, she said, I was hurting so much in the last 50. And I, coach, I just couldn't say something positive to myself. I just couldn't. So I just told myself, I have straight, white teeth and I thought that was just it was just something neutral but she said instead of saying my arms hurt my legs hurt you know I'm sinking I'm dying the piano's falling on me instead of saying those things she said which I usually say I just said I have straight white teeth so Mm. that was something you know thinking swimmingly something kind of neutral but those are um those are the concepts of really self-talk it's in your head it's the voice in your head and i'm gonna finish up yeah can i just ask you a question sure um you know as you told the story of the first sarah i thought to myself well how did she get at 18 or 17 or whatever age she was how did she get to the point where she could without a beat answer that question yeah i i'm excited i'm i'm doing it what what do you think do you think that was her upbringing or how, how did she come to you with such confidence? That's a great question. And she did come out of a, a really great age group program. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on her coach's name, but I know I can see his face. Um, she came out of a, a program where her coach probably instilled that in her. And that is what I wanted to um, cover in like a little three-step program that I think builds confidence and maybe Sarah did that maybe she her parents did that maybe her friends did that but that is something that um, 
I wanted to address is that confidence is a skill. It can be built. It can be the, the kids that were sitting there telling me, well, I don't know if I can go to the NCAAs. Well, I don't know if I'd be that good, that they can, they can build that. And I had a little three-step process that I would call CPR. So we all know CPR stands normally for cardiopulmonary resuscitation but or cardiac resuscitation. But CPR for me in helping people build the skill of confidence is three things. One, you have to set, and they're not necessarily in this order. I just put them in this order. I think the P goes first. But CPR is celebrate. So celebrating your successes. So here's what mm-hmm. I think happens when you're going for high goals and high achievements. So you have high standards. I mean, if you're getting up and going to morning practice and swimming and training and doing all these things, or you're trying to start a new business or, you know, be the best person you can be or the best mom or whatever you're doing. So if you don't have high standards, when you have high standards, you're always scrutinizing because like, oh, I didn't do that. And this gets into perfectionism. I didn't do that exactly right. Or I could have done this better. We can always all have done something better. Always, always, always. I mean, there's, you know, you can watch Michael Phelps or one of these people win a gold medal and then they interview him and they're like, well, yeah, it, it looks perfect to us and it was a gold medal and it was a world record, but there's always things that people can change. So we get caught up in perfectionism and we don't celebrate our successes enough. Hmm. So that's, that's like, that's like backward confidence where you look back at the times you have succeeded. I like that. Yeah. So we, we have celebrate. to celebrate. So, so you do things, and even though maybe you, you didn't make all 10 of your 100s holding the right pace, but, you, you know, you did six of them. So instead of saying, gosh, I failed on four of those, say, you know what? I hit my time on six of those 10. And so that's celebrating confidence gives you that, you know, that um, idea that you're, you're succeeding, and succeeding brings confidence. So that's the C in CPR. The P is, of course, practice, 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 practice. I mean, if you, you know, if you want to do something and you've done it, then you practice it. And once you've done it, you have confidence. So that's the practice one is it's not sexy. It's not, um, you know, life changing, but it is absolutely, if I were to wrap one thing around this whole topic of confidence, it is, if you don't practice, 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 or if you do, you'll, you'll have the confidence, you know, you may start out not being able to do it, but you're, you're eventually going to do it. And you can do that in, in, you know, piecemeal. If you want to eventually make 10, 100s on one ten, we'll start out with, you know, one 100 on one ten, and then, then, then do two or do five on one fifteen, and then do three on one ten. But you've got to build things up when you're practicing and not expect to go out and, you know, hit the home run or, you know, swim that time right off the bat. So practice, practice, practice. And then This is one that I think when you are trying to achieve things that are extraordinary, and we're talking breaking the mold on, you know, I want to make X number of dollars in this business, or I want to swim this time, or I want to be this kind of a person, is the R is role models. So, Mm. you know, the, the case of Roger Bannister is, you know, talked about always in breaking barriers. You know, once he broke the four minute barrier in the mile, then many, many more people did it the very next year. Or once, you know, Katie Ledecky swims under 15 minutes in a 1500, then more women are going to think that. Or, you know, I'm using that as an example. It might, the time might not even apply there. But 
Um, so having a role model, somebody that's done it and seeing, hey, hey, you know what? This is humanly possible. I am a human and I can do this. So what are your thoughts on that, Maria? Mm, I love it. I, I, I love the CPR that's easy to, to remember and it, and it really encapsulates um, all of the things that I've thought about with regard to, to confidence. I love especially the role model thing. I think I've, I've seen that in, in my own uh, life. My, my sister, who is not an athlete, an, uh, a younger sister, uh, went, she, she hiked across the Grand Canyon with me to raise money for brain cancer research. And she's just not an athlete. She's, she's, a, she's a normal person. And it was a really tough, it was one day, it was a one day hike. It's a really tough hike. She finished. And after she did, the rest of my family, who are also not particularly athletic, they said, well, if Anne can do it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, then I can do it. So I think that role model thing is good. I, I'd also like to add that if you have done your preparation, which is sort of what I think of as forward confidence, if you've done your the P part of your CPR, even if things don't go well, I have a, a little story. I, I was invited to speak at a, at a conference on on design and I uh, frankly don't think of myself as knowing anything about design but I was invited to speak and so uh I really 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 prepared I, I wrote, wrote and rewrote my speech 23 times and I was intimidated but I I just I came into that thing so ready and I had a terrible slot in this conference it was on the last day in the afternoon in a terrible venue they had venues all over the city and my mine was just, and I had maybe 13 people in the audience. <laughs> so I've done all this prep and all this, but man, I nailed that speech. <laughs> and, I, and even though you wouldn't consider that a success, you know, only those 13 people heard it. Uh, it I felt good because I had I had done the 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 P part, and I can now do the C part, which is to celebrate that that success. So I lo I love that. CPR is great. I, I love to end with that because that is something that people can can take away and remember. Um, and and then and the celebration is is also is also the harbor master. If you're celebrating, you're thinking about the good things. You're keeping the bad thoughts out. So that's that's it's a it's a great way to think about it. Good job, Kelly. Well, thanks, Maria. Um, and I. know we were going to tell one little personal story each on confidence. And did you? have I mean the one about your speech is is awesome um, yeah that wasn't the one I was gonna tell <laughs> okay do you want me to tell my personal yeah, tell, my confidence yeah. story and um yeah. and then we can get one from your athletics or wherever you want to get it because sure. so, I yeah. you know I just I love stories storytelling is really important in in life and in you know and you're good um, you're very good at it Kelly well I get that it's, as you know being in my family or our family for 34 years we we are storytellers yes you yes, are we don't gather around food we gather around stories right <laughs> yeah. my family gathers around food yeah. <laughs> which is why we're not athletic <laughs> yeah which is why we which is why I'm not a cook because <laughs> that's exactly right I remember you saying that so many times like yeah when our family gets together it's all about food when your family gets together it's all about stories and that's why yeah. people come over and it's like well, where's the appetizer? Where's the food? Huh? <laughs> well, we're going to tell stories. So anyway, so I think I want to also, ins I want to encourage people to not always have to have practice, practice, practiced, or have a load of 
you know, um, a pile in the back to celebrate or necessarily to have a role model. Because I think there are times when you just get struck by that lightning bolt of confidence and you just got to do it. And there are things, and this is going to be another topic for another day, but regarding confidence today is it's kind of a, it's your gift, your flow, your whatever you're really drawn to. Some, you know, some of these um, people that have confidence start into something and they're just gifted. They are just gifted or they are just so drawn to it, like, pro, you know, prodigies or whatever. So my story goes back to the 1964. Yes. I, no, not, yeah. 196. No, I'm sorry. 1966. So I was four years old and it was the Labor Day Regatta Swimming Championships in Lake Barcroft. And I want you to visualize this beautiful, pristine, calm lake with a beautiful white sandy beach. And out in the middle of the lake is a are two long docks with lane ropes strung between them. So this was the place that I learned to swim. And many great swimmers in the Northern Virginia area learned to swim. So these were diving docks. And it was about 20 feet deep out there. So the docks went down. And then there were eight lanes with lane ropes strung between. So this was a basically a swimming pool in the middle of a lake. And it was about 25 yards offshore. And the shore would get, you know, started out obviously zero depth, and then it would get to two feet, three feet, six feet, 10 feet, 20 feet deep. So we're out there in these deep waters and they have the Labor Day regatta every Labor Day. And they have penny piles where the kids dig in these big piles for sand. And they have, a, back then they had a beauty pageant and they have um, muscle man contest to see who could li- lift the most. And they had three-legged races. And then they had these swimming races. So I'm there with my three brothers. My two parents are running around. There's just, it's mass hysteria. There's thousands of, not thousands, hundreds of people there. And I'm watching them doing the races out there. Well, I'm four years old. I don't know how to swim. I've never even had a swimming lesson at this point. I'm a little tiny child and, you know, I'm four years old. So my brothers are off digging in sand piles. I'm watching intently, watching the the starter. He's got a gun. Swimmers take your mark, pow, and they're swimming. And I'm watching the flow of this and the way that they're getting the swimmers out there is there, there's a ferry, a little rowboat with the lifeguards and the big, these big flat bottom rowboats and they're taking kids out in heats. And I see the heats lined up at the shore and hey, I'm going to get in that boat and I'm going to go out there because I want to race in that swimming race out there. So I see kind of kids that look about my size, a little bigger, but so I get in the boat and I ride on out there. And I think at this point, of course, this is a famous Parker story. My, um, my parents tell me that they start to panic because they realize that I'm missing. And then they see me in the boat getting onto the dock. And so, you know, I hear the the start, the, the kids line up and I get in a lane and I'm like, well, let's see what they're doing. Okay. They're bending over. They're curling their toes around the edge. And now the starter's saying, take your mark. And I flung myself into the lane. Well, the small task of knowing how to swim did not enter my mind. I just thought that like maybe a bird could fly or that I could swim. <laughs> 
But no, I could not swim. So I conveniently and quickly sunk to the bottom or close to it. But they lifeguard jumped in, dragged me up. You know, I was fine. I was choking on water. They put me back in the boat. They brought me back to the shore. And I was given for my effort, I was giving, given a beautiful little ribbon. I don't know what color. I think it was red. And I still have that ribbon, actually, from 1964. It is the only award that I save. As you know, being my sister-in-law, I give away any medal, any trophy. I just, I give it away. I go to a running race or anything. I just don't, I don't keep awards. That I kept because I just was inspired. I was struck by lightning to go do that. And I'm not saying you know, bungee jump or do something. But there are just times in life when you think you can do something. And sometimes you do swim. Sometimes you do hit the note that wins, you know, America's Got Talent. I, Susan Boyle is one of my favorite heroes for confidence. Just, you know, we know her. She went on Simon Cowell. Well, you know, what are you doing here? How old are you? Are you going to, you know, you really think you're going to sing? And then she just nailed it with her confidence. So I think, yes, it's great to have a pile of success. It's great to practice, practice, practice. And it's great to have role models. But sometimes you just have confidence in something. You don't know why, but you just do. And you go out there and it works. My little swim didn't work for me, but I know there are cases that do. So I think I want to put that balance out there of having confidence just because you have confidence or you go, you know, you go tap that girl or guy on the shoulder and you say, hey, I think you're cute. Let's go have a you know, soft drink. And it happens. You know, you just you just have that confidence for whatever reason. So I, I like that story, Kelly. It's it's sort of a seize the moment. If you get that divine touch, like, oh my gosh, look at them doing that out there. I want to do that. Or I think I can do that. Don't second guess yourself. Just do it. I like it. It's a beautiful story. Yeah. So thank you. What um what story can you relate maybe with your with your cycling or anything else, any other stories of combat? Yeah, yeah. I, I that. Thanks for that opening. I, I'm. You're such a great storyteller. It'd be hard to follow on, but I think cycling for me was like that. I uh, never really had much interest in bicycles, but then the first time I got on a bike, and it's really a gift of my uh, physique. I'm, I'm got long legs and a short waist, which is great for, for cyclists. I didn't know this at the time, but I got on a bike and, uh, I found I, I did pretty good. Um, and it was fun. It's, it's, it is those early wins. Uh, Kelly told a story. She got me into my first 5k and I was the, there was only three people in my age group, but I got third in my age group. <laughs> <laughs> my first bike, <laughs> and it didn't matter. It was that early, that early win. Not that I think everybody should always get ribbons or particip- participation or whatever, but I think, I think an early win in something is really helpful. But I, I think, I think the the lesson is if if there's a if there's that pull, I I tell people when I talk, if you feel the squeeze in your heart, go for it, whatever it is go for it. Don't be cynical. So Kelly, as a little four-year-old, you didn't know what cynicism was, but you saw those kids doing that. You felt the squeeze in your heart and you went for it. And I think if we all did that, the world would be a much better place. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And I, it's the best thing I ever did. Swimming is, it's, it's a wonderful thing. 
It's made you who you are. It's made me who I am. Yes, I love it. Well, very good. Well, um, then that is our our podcast on confidence. And again, if there was anything in the, um, you know, anything that we referenced that we think was pertinent, we will put it in show notes. And um, Maria, before we wrap, do you have anything else here? No, I, I think that we, we, we did with our different terminology, we did a, a good job on confidence, but I, I, if I were going to end on anything, I would, I would end on, uh, don't let the critic in, don't let the cynic in, let, let all the voices in your head be voices of love. Like the voice that you have always, when I joined the family, Kelly, Kelly helps create new voices in my head of love and encouragement and optimism and fill, surround yourself with people like that and let those voices run your life. Not the ones that say you're bad or you're not going to be able to do this. Let, let the positive, positive songs sing in your mind. And that's beautiful, Maria. And, and I always tell you, you're the voice in my head and I'm glad we have each other to be in each other's heads too, because we've been so supportive. But I also know that, you know, when we're not together or if you don't have someone like a best friend or a a mentor or a coach telling you that you can do it, that we've got to talk positively to ourselves. And so self-talk is, you know, just really, really important. And I'm glad you touched on that. It is don't let the cynic in your own cynic, your own critic. And if you can't say, you know, like a Muhammad Ali, I am the greatest float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, then just say, you know, think swimmingly. Just just, just say, you know, something neutral is better. They say saying something neutral is better if you're in a really hard place that's just, you know, saying something you, neutral. But definitely... You can't think of something positive. Yeah, say, at least yeah, say something yeah, neutral. Yeah, but, but definitely our inner voice and um, mindset and what we're saying is, is everything. Now it's time for the quote of the week. This one from Arthur Ashe. One important key to success is self-confidence. An important key to self-confidence is preparation. We are so grateful that you spent this time with us today. And we hope that you heard something that inspired, motivated, and educated you. Please see below for the copy of show notes or any links or important information referenced here. I'm signing off for myself and champion co-host Kelly Palace. We hope you'll join us again soon, and we know you can be a champion. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast, designed to make you feel inspired, motivated, and educated. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Visit championsmojo.com to learn more.